So Elise, before we um, start getting into the important topic of today, which mm. are your rules, um, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, as the uh, business owner of a professional um, business that we own, that sounded very professional. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything well, more professional than that. Professional um, business life. I think we need to actually have a real sit down. Okay, let's do it. And talk about the state of the union. Okay. Um, I think that your appearance. Uh oh. <laughs> may need to be discussed. Oh. So, uh, for lack of a better word, we need to get to the root of this issue. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about my toes again when you, like when you forced me to get a pedicure last week, but yeah, no. I would say the paint looks okay still. Actually, what we're going to talk about, the root problem here uh, is your roots. Oh. You have been wearing hats for at least two weeks. Oh, for sure. Which they're cute, but I'm also wondering when you're not in the office with me, what What's happening with the hats? Are you wearing the hat around your own house? Oh, hats. Hats all day. I Scarves. wake up. Scarves. I did wear a scarf this weekend. We went to oh the pool. Oh my gosh, seriously, Elise. And I wore my hair up and then I wore a cute little scarf. Oh, that would be cute. And tied it in a bow at the top. Oh, that's adorable. And then I wore my sunglasses on my head to cover up the rest of my roots. Oh, Elise. I'll text the hair lady right now, Jen. Can I um, can I have a confession right here on the podcast? Yes. My confession is, don't tell anybody, listeners, but I actually like Elisa's roots color more than I like her colored hair. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's I kind like my of, blonde hair. It's kind of a reddish. It is red. I have auburn hair naturally. It is beautiful. And I've I would keep that always a... wanted red hair. I would keep it a secret, except that six inches of red hair is showing currently. Why would you cover the red? All right, let's get to the root of this problem and the root of a solution. I am selling my house and buying a new house, and I'm very very busy and it is also very hard to spend money on somebody pouring a lot of bleach on your head when you're spending time in swimming pools with chlorine oh that's true i never thought of that so I oh then elise it's a sign go with the beauty of the red embrace the red shush jen i i think it's you know um I think there's some stars out there that pay a lot of money for roots. Although my nine-year-old told me I should get a can of spray and <laughs> color it. She said she saw a commercial for oh. hair dye in a can, and she told me to try it. <laughs> that also reminded me of the time that you used that funny brush on your roots, and you had that line. Oh, yeah. The square line, and I thought you used a razor on your <laughs> hair. Um, so if you ever feel like Jen or I, like we're judging you, um, you can just think about our roots. Yeah. Mostly at least. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. So, um, I'm wearing a lot of hats. Yeah. Good thing. I'm kind of a hat person. Yeah. Because they look good on you. I'm wearing a lot of hats and a yeah. lot of scarves right now. All right, at least tell the folks what they're listening to. 
You are listening to Pushing It, where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth, life with a new baby, and my roots. Because if you can't laugh without peeing yourself, you might as well laugh at yourself while doing it. I'm Elise McAllister. And I'm Jen Laird. And Elise is coming to us today with some rules. I've got rules. Some not-so-secret rules. Now, these aren't, like, rules to keep you from having fun. Oh, yes, they are. These are rules to increase your fun later. Ooh, I love it. Thank We're you. We're going front to front load your misery so we can back load but why your would you, fun. Why would you call it front loading your misery? Some people really like to take it easy. I know, but front loading your misery and back loading your fun sounds like the ultimate mullet. <laughs> what backload your fun? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I think you're onto something. I think the mullet came from backloading your fun. Uh, maybe. Yeah, party in the back always. All right, so um, I'm gonna ask you listeners to trust us here for a minute. Elise's rules, while harsh, are actually for your benefit. And I will also preface this with we have been supporting people who have just had babies for a really long time. So we see a lot of people who have just had babies. And experience shows that those who take it easy at the beginning of their postpartum, meaning I just had a baby and those say first two weeks-ish, they take it really slow, they lay down a lot, all of that. Their long-term um, postpartum bleeding, their um, ability to sneeze without um, peeing their pants, mm-hmm. their ability to someday jump on a trampoline, um, less, I already said less bleeding, right? Um, and even the way um, they're connecting with their baby can be a little different than those who are Doing all the things. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get to the heart of this, Jen. Okay. Friends, I want you to go to Pushing It Podcast on Instagram right now and look at the most recent picture of me in a hat oh. and look deeply into my eyes. I'm looking at you. And I want you to look deep into my eyes while I tell you this. You don't have to pee your pants for the rest of your life. Ooh. No, friends. You don't. Hear me. Look deep in my eyes. Believe me when I tell you this. All those moms that are like, oh, no, I can't sneeze without peeing my pants. You will not be one of them. Okay, Mm. you can shut your laptop now. Right, Jen? Yeah, it's true. Damn right. Okay, so we've got rules. That's right. Mm -hmm. These are Elisa's three rules. Rule of threes. Okay, I've got more than three rules. But it's my rule of three on how to recover from having a baby. Mm -hmm. That's right. So... I didn't make them up. They used to be rules of fives. They've been rules of shorter and longer. And I think three is your bare minimum. It's settled on the three. We settled on the three. We had a handshake. We agreed. It was fine. So you get the first three days are three days in your bed. You're laying in your bed. If you have your baby in your hospital, the first day after you have a baby counts as day numero uno. You are horizontal as much as possible. Um, You can sit up if you want to feed your baby. 
or if your baby needs to be fed. You can sit up to eat your food. You can sit up to go to the bathroom and occasionally you can even take a shower. Um, you are not going to go down the stairs because chances are you got a little stitch happening, a couple stitches. And stitches and stairs are not BFFs. Mm-mm. Oh man, no. You're not going down the stairs or into the kitchen to get your own water. You're not getting your own sandwich for lunch or for dinner or going to the mailbox. No. What are you doing? Well, you're resting. Okay. And maybe watching Netflix and staring at your gorgeous baby. And when you're tired of doing that, watching more Netflix. Right? Sleeping. Sleeping. Yes. Well, why do you need so much sleep? I mean, how much sleep do you really need, Jen? A, a lot. You're going to be um, feeding a baby every two and a half to three hours around the clock. Oh, so we're not talking about like eight hours of sleep and then you're just trying to force more sleep on. This isn't like being no. homesick from school. No, this is not. No. Very different. Very, very different. So we've got three days of this, right? Three days. Tucked away. Laying down, horizontal. It does include the time that you have spent potentially, if you had a baby in a hospital, in the hospital. Yes. Okay, here's the next three days. Three days on the bed. So this looks a lot like in the bed, except that you're now maybe wearing some different pajamas. If you don't have awesome pajamas, now's the time to get awesome pajamas because you're going to really want some awesome pajamas to be hanging out in your bed. Mm-hmm. So on your bed, sitting up to feed your baby, sitting up to eat your food, but you're still not doing stairs. At some point, your baby's going to need to go to the pediatrician. You can go out to go to the pediatrician with your baby. Please don't stop at Target on the way back because um, those stitches we were just talking about are going to start to feel a little tender. You might feel like uh, some things might be falling out of your body. They're not. But it might feel like it. And it's so awkward if your partner has to carry you and the baby out of the back of Target because everybody knows the baby section's on the back of Target. Hold on a second. When you say something feels like it might be falling out of you, why is that? Well, all those organs and all that good stuff in your body has got to shift back to where it was before you had this baby. And then your pelvic floor that was so strong... Then it was holding this baby in there, and then all that fluid, all the extra blood in your body, and a placenta, it was holding it all up. Then it had to relax to push a baby out, and now it needs to become nice and strong and go back up again. And so when you stand up and you're moving around, that's a lot of pressure on your pelvic floor, which is a muscle. So when we're sitting up, when we're walking, when we're moving around, we're using gravity, And we want to be horizontal as much as possible to let that muscle strengthen again and not work against gravity. So when we're in the back of Target and we're shopping, we've got all those organs shifting back and that muscle's like, whoa, too much. So taking it easy, please don't go to Target. Please don't go out to lunch. I know that you have just given birth to the cutest baby anyone has ever seen. However, your baby is only getting cuter by the day. I promise. I know it's hard to believe that this little human is 
isn't peak perfection, Hmm. but baby's getting cuter. So hold out. You can take baby out for lunch very soon. Um, It will only be more fun when you don't have raw nipples. (laughs) Raw? Oh, those poor nipples. I know. Everybody hold your nipples. (laughs) Just for a moment. (laughs) Not necessarily, but you know, it's, your body only feels better with time. True. Okay. So, then we got another three days. So, Jen, give us a day count right now. We had three in your bed, three on your bed, and now... That's another three? That's nine? Yep. Okay. So, we got seven, eight, nine happening right now. We've got three around your bed. And so, I'm going to back it up just a little bit to the last three days. If you have stairs in your house and you've got a couch downstairs, you can go down those stairs one time, hang out on that couch if you've got the little L-shapey type thing happening or you've got an ottoman where you're going to put your feet up and you're not going to sit directly on your bum. You're going to lounge on your couch. You're going to rest. You're not going to cook dinner. You're not going to do laundry. You're not going to do all those things. And then you know, you're going to make your way back up to bed. So you're spending, again, most of your day horizontal and, you know, otherwise uh, horizontal. And And when we're talking horizontal, we're also trying to um, encourage not, like, sure, you're going to sit up. Right. You're going to sit up, especially if you're nursing your baby, right? Because it's a little awkward to be, to nurse laying down. We totally get that. But what we want you to think about is whenever you can, we would like you to lay down. So meaning uh, not sitting straight up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, Kind of reclining back. So notice um, you could even do this as a a little, little exercise right now. When you sit up, you can feel pressure on your pelvic floor. That's normal for all of us, right? It doesn't hurt, not hurt, but you can feel that pressure. Now lay down or lay recline. You don't feel that same pressure on your pelvic floor. So we're encouraging you to lay versus sitting up to diminish that pressure. Um, the other thought that I had is that with um, if you've had any sort of stitches or we sometimes call it a repair, on your vagina following childbirth. Um, The idea here is that tissue in close proximity is more likely to stay together if it's not going back and forth. So let me explain further. If I've had stitches in my vagina and I'm trying to keep some of that tissue together with those stitches and then I start going up and down stairs frequently, that's not encouraging tissue to stay together. That's putting um, pressure on them back and forth as I lift my legs up. So we'll, we'll hear us not say this, don't go upstairs, unless your provider of course says that. But what we're saying is limit the amount of times you are going up and down stairs per day, particularly in those first six days. Um, so. If your bedroom is on the top floor, then um, you're gonna stay up there. Oh, let's say, okay, let's say your bedroom is upstairs and your bathroom's downstairs. Um, Of course, you're going to go downstairs and go to the bathroom, but is there a place that you can hang out on that floor and not have to go up and down, up and down? 
okay? If you wanted to come downstairs, um, sure, do that once a day, maybe twice, but don't put diapers on the second floor and you hang out on the first floor. Of course, you're gonna have to go up and down the stairs more than once in that day. So we're, we're trying to limit the amount of time that you're putting pressure back and forth um, on your vagina. All right, Elise, where are we back to? We're back to those last oh, yeah. three days. Yeah, so you know, back to the um, diapers on every floor. So this is a great time to pick up some cute little caddies for each floor so you have all of those things. And maybe even have cute little baskets of one-handed snacks on each floor. You know, bars are really easy. Bananas are easy. Keep a little basket next to the place that you might feed your baby in so that when you're, especially if you're breastfeeding, kind of trapped under a baby breastfeeding, you know, on your nightstand in next to the, that couch that you're going to lounge on, that you have some snacks there in case there isn't somebody close by who can grab those Absolutely. things for you. Yeah. All right. So the day seven, eight, and nine, it's around the house. So again, we're still really limiting the stairs because like Jen said, if you, even if you didn't have stitches, we still really want your body to heal. So again, we're going to front load that healing. And the more that you take it easy early on, the better you're going to feel in the long run. We would definitely see that for people who push themselves in the beginning they get more like six weeks of bleeding for people who really push themselves to take it easy in the beginning, find that their bleeding resolves relatively soon. I mean, there is no guarantee on this, but overall, that's what we find. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's kind of the same. Like if you had a a wound on your body, the more you leave it alone and take it easy, you're going to heal a little faster. And that's what's happened. Your placenta, which is close to the size of a dinner plate, has detached from the inside of your body, from the inside of your uterus, and now your uterus has to shrink down and essentially scab over that place where your placenta detached from. So if you had a wound the size of a dinner plate on your arm, you're not going to be going to the gym and lifting weights, opening up that scab again. Whew, how is that for graphic? Ooh. I know. Very true. Well, I like it when you um, have likened it to... If I had a really large wound on my leg, would I be walking around Target in the same way as if I had a large wound on the inside of my body? Right. Which There's is no way because I wouldn't want to expose that to potential infection, right? Right. Right. So I think the the mind difference here, folks, for you to uh, embrace is that you're not sick. You are recovering from a major life event, which is labor, birth, and then on top of that, you've lost an organ, which you're supposed to, the placenta. (laughs) There went. Because we're done with it. It has done its job. There's no need for it. But that naturally, that spot inside of you needs to heal. Okay, so that happened. And now on top of that, you have hormones that you've had for many months of growing a baby, and those are now gone because you finished growing the baby. And now new hormones are kicking in, which have to do with lactation. And so those are settling in to your body. And for those people who are choosing to breastfeed, on top of that, you've got the learning curve of feeding your baby on your breast. So as your milk is coming in, there's this big shift in hormones too, which often around day three or as your milk's coming in, leaves you feeling 
a whole, you know, smorgasbord of emotions, right? You might find yourself laughing, crying, crying because you're laughing, laughing because you're crying, all of those things and not knowing why. That's generally not a time when you want to be at Target feeling sore and achy or out to lunch. So true. And I think we also need to culturally look at this here. Um, In yesteryears, it was encouraged to, well, and it was a life thing, right? You don't just have meals that are as easily prepared as we have today, right? You got to go and figure out where that food is, cook it and eat it if you don't want to, you know, be hungry. A little different in today's society for this reason. Um, So... This idea of that, like, you should bounce back, you should just get back to your normal day activities is um, we want to encourage that not. <laughs> and yeah. then globally and culturally, if we look around the world, there's a lot of cultures that you don't even leave your bed for not just days, but weeks and over a month after a baby's born. So somehow we've got it in our minds that to be... Um, you know, normal, it's about getting out there and quickly getting back into activity. Oh my goodness. I can't even tell you how much I hate the term bounce back. There's no bouncing. There's no, please don't bounce. It took nine months for you to grow this human. Why would you ever bounce back in a couple of days or a couple of weeks? There's a lot of things that have changed in your body and emotionally, Let's stop. Let's let's all like put our hands in the middle here in a in a nice go team way. Can we all just put our imaginary hands and don't make me look you deep into the eyes on Instagram okay. again. Um, let's all just agree that from here on out we're gonna stop saying to women, "Good for you for getting back out there just after having a baby." Wow, look That's at you. That's not the point. Yeah. No, it's not the point. No, we shouldn't be celebrating this. We need to honor and celebrate people who are caring for themselves. If your baby grows up or is a little bit older and is a little kid who is very, very, you know, who is sick, like, you know, with the flu, like stomach flu or a bad cold flu kind of thing, would you say, good for you for going to school while you're not feeling well or... Um, you know, really pushing through it? Or would you say, oh, honey, let, you need to stay home and get better? You would probably encourage your child to heal. If your child broke an arm, you're going to take them in to get a cast put on that arm. You're not going to say, so true. Hey, don't worry about it. You know, you'll, good for you for letting that arm just continue to be broken and let's not even worry about it. No, you're going to, you're going to get help for that arm and let them heal. So, um, do the same for yourself. Let's, let's honor that this process needs time for recovery and for healing. Absolutely. And let's be countercultural. Yes. If your culture seems to be saying, no, no, don't do anything. Yes. But there are so many cultures that... Sorry, that was the opposite of what ah. I meant to say. Ah! I was like, wait a second. Oh, no. No, no. More coffee. More coffee, Jen. Um, if your culture is get back out there, pretend nothing's wrong, you're fine. Because nothing's really wrong. The difference is, is that we often stay in bed when we're sick. You're a healthy individual and your body needs to rest and recover so that you can feel better. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So thinking about this, we need to figure out ways that we can prepare our lives for this downtime. Because if you have a partner, we know that this partner can't be you and themselves and take care of the baby too. So who can you bring into your life to give you a hand? Whether that's so family, a postpartum doula, friends, people who are going to drop off food. Uh, you could set up sort of a train of food being dropped off, not a physical train, uh, but a, you know, friends taking turns dropping off meals, yep. whether that is each day or dropping it off, having a cooler on your front porch with a picture of the baby and they leave food in the cooler and see the baby and then go away or coming in and visiting and eating with you. So a last thought here, um, Elise and I sometimes, not butt heads, but she's like, yes, <laughs> people got to stay in the bed. No going anywhere. No doing anything. Blah, 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 blah. Um, well, of course, and she vetted that with, you know, of course, you're going to go to the doctor if you need to, et cetera. But no going places you don't really need to go. Um, my my thought on this, though, is you get a pass. You get a pass if mentally you're not doing well. Because it's really important that we're doing well mentally. And some folks find it easier to deal with mood if they can go and be a place. So my suggestion would be, um, it's day five and you're like, oh my gosh, I am not doing so well. That you pack baby up, you go with your partner or a friend or something, and you go to that local coffee shop, you park right outside of that coffee shop, you go inside, you sit there and you're out and about. And, and that could be a way to really help your mood. Um, what we're, what we're saying is let's try to limit though, the amount of getting back into your everyday life and to find some of those ways that if needed, you can have that bit of mood boost. So the last thing we want you to hear us say is these are definite rules and you have to follow them strictly and no going to target. Um, that's not what this is about. This is about finding ways for you to heal and rest and give yourself permission to do those things and not be driven by this sense of accomplishment or needing to do certain things, but actually resting and allowing your body to rest. I am not super good at that. I will admit that. And yet I know that that can be a really helpful thing for me to do all at the same time. That is so true. And so finding that balance, it's like everything when we talk about pregnancy or parenting. We got to find a little balance of how to make it work and how to heal too. So finding that's really, really important. So in your final time um, in your pregnancy, I want you to think about how do you how do you make this work for you and how do you set that up? Um, so that is a wrap for us. And so spend some time um, thinking about that this week. And last but not least, we really want to tell you guys about something uh, revolutionary. Ooh, I um, love revolutionary. Right? Um, that can at change absolutely everything about how your life after birth unfolds. It's called Postpartum Education, and it's offered by Better Postpartum over at betterpostpartum.com. If you're pregnant, you're probably taking childbirth education to prep you for labor and delivery, but what do you really know about setting yourself up for optimal postpartum experience afterwards? I mean, how much do you really know about um, what you're going to experience and how you're going to experience better mental, emotional, physical, hormonal, and nutritional health that's supportive of your recovery after having a baby? This information can have such a lasting and positive impact and make all the difference in helping you avoid or alleviate common postpartum challenges. 
So if you want to learn how you can have a better postpartum experience for you and your baby, visit betterpostpartum.com. Follow Better Postpartum on Instagram. And if you go to our show notes for this episode, you'll find a special discount code just for you guys for Better Postpartum. Fully Supported Mamas 8-Week Postpartum Prep Program for only $49. The regular price is $249, so you're getting $200 off this program by signing up uh, using that code. So check it out. You got a little taste today about postpartum. So we are really super excited about you guys getting a big taste of how to get a lot of support postpartum. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody. And don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Pushing It Podcast and on Facebook. Bye.